previously on the Simply Human podcast. It's like Revenge of the Nerds, the shower scene. Like my brothers and I used to like sneak that <laughs> VHS in the VCR to like fast forward. Uh, I have one even worse for you. I used to do that with RoboCop because in the locker room scene, oh, yeah. there's like a grainy woman like way far in the background with like, and you can like pause it for one second to see a boob. It's episode 113 of the Simply Human <laughs> podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings. Being human, our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is Sean Stevenson. Super excited to have Sean on. He is very famous. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Rob, not Rick's brother Rob, a different Rob. There are two Robs out well, there. I don't know. I'm not sure if I believe you there. And it's, uh, we'll wrap up with our Simply Human Dinner. How are you, Rick? I'm great. How are you, Mark? Good. You know that it's it's always been a long time before we start finally start recording that Rick makes a two points because <laughs> if it just if we just record and there's no issues we just go but it's like you just if there's a long period of time you just build up and we just like okay finally here he's finally ready and then it's like I'm not starting over uh, um. Okay, so a couple things uh, I have for crosstalk. The first is Caddyshack follow up. Mm. Remember, on the last show we talked about the my Caddyshack experience on an airplane. I was born to love you. I was born to lick your face. I was born to rub you, but you were born to rub me first. Oh, so good! I love it. The beginning too, when he goes. He calls he calls Daddy Betty. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my fi- like uh, had more influence on how I will deliver a uh, a joke than any uh, anything ever. Okay, like that movie. So we had a call from I don't even know if the guy left his name, but listen, I'm going to play the uh, the call for you. This was in your most recent podcast, and you just missed an opportunity when you're talking about the Caddyshack story to tie it in with the loofah from the previous episode where. Um, Danny's in the shower. Oh, yeah. Miles' wife says, "Would you mind loofing my stretch marks?" It's uh, <laughs> a very good point. Oh, then he said, "Love the podcast." I want to make sure to throw that in. That's um, actually a very, very good point. As soon as he said Caddyshack tie-in with the loofah, I was like, yeah. "Oh yes." Would you mind loofing my <laughs> stretch marks? <laughs> Which that happened right before. Yeah, that is literally right after before that scene. Yeah, well, it's he uh, when Judge Smales walks in and finds them. Yes, Danny hides in the bathroom, yes, yes, and yes. Judge Smales' wife is showering, and uh, she thinks that Danny is Judge Smales, and she's not looking. She's, would you mind yeah. loofing my stretch marks? And to try to to impersonate Judge Smales, Danny just goes <laughs> <laughs> like just this harumphing in the shower. Okay, so here is one. It's not related to Caddyshack, but it is related to a voicemail because it is a voicemail. So here's this. Hmm, that's vague. I wanna kiss you all over <laughs> and over and again. I want to kiss you all over. Dun, dun, dun. Till the night marches on. Till the night marches on. Close. Almost made it. Closes in, Lonnie. Till the night closes in. So many Christmas. So that's a a small uh, sampling of the voicemails. So if you want to leave us a very brief, like the uh, comment about Caddyshack, that's actually a perfect use of uh, Simply Human Line, then feel free to call us at... 530 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 40 
Um, okay, so and if you also want to just uh, get drunk like Lonnie did and sing <laughs> a song, you can do that. Or no, not like Lonnie did, like Lonnie does, because he's <laughs> currently <laughs> he's in the process. Up our phone line. Yeah. Um, so more Caddyshack follow up. So I told the okay. story last week, and I mentioned how you know I was on the airplane from Dallas to no San Diego to Dallas. By the way, very briefly, someone might call me in the middle of all this, which bumps me off of Skype. Okay. So don't be real surprised. I'll just immediately call you. Back. Okay. Okay. Um, Go ahead. And so that's I, I felt like that was kind of a, a funny story for people that know me and that you know know about that scene and all that. Well, so I was talking to my brother Brad, who's Simply Human podcast owned, been on the show, and uh, and I was going to tell him that story, and he like, he had just come back from uh, a, a work thing in like L.A. Uh, and, we, and we the Rogers family doesn't go to California a lot. I mean, the last ten years I've probably been I've been to California three That's the times. Weirdest sentence I've ever well, heard. Well, make... Rogers family doesn't go to California right. a lot. Well, it'll make sense in a minute, okay? okay. It, it, because it's it's like it's, what are the chances of what I'm about to tell you? What are the chances of happening? So Brad is on the plane back from L.A. to Dallas, like a week before I am, on the same, like pretty much the same route, same airline. And I and I was gonna you know tell him the story, and I was like, Brad, like, you've seen Caddyshack, right? And he's like, Yeah, yeah. And and that's kind of how I started the story. I was like, Well, when's the last, when's the last time you watched it? He goes, Oh, uh, I watched it on the airplane back from L.A. to Dallas. I was like, You're you're kidding me, really? And he was like, Yeah. And I was like. I was just about to tell you about like the scene where it comes up and it's he was like yeah yeah it happened I had to like cover it up like there were kids around me like the same thing happened to Brad. What are the odds that he's flying the same airline as you and the same movies on? I, oh wait, no, the odds are no hundred percent. No. <laughs> you get to pick your own movie. I'm kidding. When you told me this last week, I was like, that's actually really. Oh, I did tell you that. I did tell you. Yeah, you told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what? Like, and I was like, it, I just thought that was amazing. Like, I feel like maybe someone at this airline should be brought to the attention of like, hey, come on, is this really a good option? Like, I'm a, you know, I'm a, a progressive, forward-thinking man. I have a problem with boobs everywhere, but not everyone uh, shares my pro boob. Yeah. Well, speaking of speaking boob of platform, speaking of boobs. My oh. my brother's birthday. Your birthday's coming up, and I have already sent you your present. I already mentioned that to you. I'm so excited. Uh, you're on the next. By the time we record for the next, I show, hope it's half as good as your Christmas present that you got me that my wife found and got real pissed about. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. Um, we. Some oh, so I did not. To that, I did but. not get anything of the sort. So I'm looking. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for my brothers who are twins, whose birthday is February 16th. So I'm looking for them an epic birthday present, and I went on to like giftsforguys, you know, dot com. <laughs> hmm. And there are some really. <laughs> you have one gift you find on the internet. <laughs> there are some really funny gifts out there, and also. Uh, I want to tell you something that I did to my wife. <laughs> Talk slowly. <laughs> I don't think I've been set up quite like, so, yeah. quite like that so easily in quite a while. But go ahead. So, Except for your, your uh, YouTube video on your neti pot. Yeah. Pod. What? Oh, man. There were so a, many. A hundred. That's what you yeah, said in there. I all can't the blow, even watch anything anymore. Blowhard and all that stuff. Like yeah. people were, per- <laughs> I was periscoping it and people, that's all people were commenting. It was like, that's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Um, so in about an hour and 15 minutes, something is going to happen. I, uh, a game, a basketball game is going to start and is a co-ed intramural basketball league up here at, at school, Rick. And it's like the co-ed league, but there is a married staff faculty team. 
and mm-hmm. I signed Jen up to play basketball on this team, and I didn't tell her until like yesterday. And so she's never played basketball, and in her whole life, in her whole life, and she's like never once has she's, she touched a basketball. No, she just walked in. Come here. Are you excited about the basketball game? Um, no. Why? <laughs> well, here's the here's the problem. Usually, the short people are like the point guards, but she can't dribble, so she can't rebound. How do you know? Or dribble. What? Oh, that's a good point. How do you know she can't dribble? She's saying... You smell like chocolate. What are you eating? Mm, mm. Chocolate. What is that? Chocolate? I want some chocolate. Dark chocolate. Yeah. Anyway, so what would Anna do if you just like signed her up for like a... No, obviously right now. Oh, right she now, wouldn't go. Yeah, she, she would wouldn't just, go. At least Jen is like... She's being a good sport about it. She's going. She'd be like, I'm not going to go to that crap. Sorry. And Rick's saying Anna wouldn't even go. She's a genius. Well, <laughs> not that hard to just say, no, I'm not going to go. Oh, great. I'm going to like talk her out of going. But, uh-oh, here she comes. I've said I'm not going. And then Mark says, hey, kids, don't you want to see mom play basketball? And then they're all like, <laughs> yeah, we want to see mom. And then she feels bad. Is that wrong to do, play that card? Yes, it is. Well. You're a bad person. Okay. Um, what did he say? He said I'm a bad person. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so do you have anything that you wanted to talk about? No. I'm uh, a little perturbed right now that it's 3.45 oh, yeah. somebody and, uh, said... p.m. And I was supposed to have somebody come by the house and do uh, inspection of my foundation at 2.30, and they never called to say they're running late. It doesn't really bother me that they're running late, but what is it? Is it consider. ridiculous that I'm more bothered no. that they didn't bother to call to be like, hey, we're running late? No, consideration is big for me. I, I want people to be considerate. That's who uh, I alluded to a couple minutes ago. Like, hey, in the middle of this, I might get a phone call. It might oh, be yeah. this guy being like, oh, bro, I totally forgot, man. I'm so wasted. <laughs> so wasted. But I feel like that's the only acceptable reason why he shouldn't have called me an <laughs> hour would, and 15 minutes ago to tell me he's running late and that would he got be, drunk. That would be for you. That would be an okay, okay excuse. <laughs> hey, you know what? Life happens. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Uh, let's get to the interview. Um, yes. But before we do, go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There is a Donate Now button. Thank you to everyone who has donated now. Absolutely, um, yes. Uh, I believe we already mentioned Tanya. Um, yeah, we did. I think so. Well, we'll give her another mention. Who cares? Yeah. Hey, Tanya. What's up? And Thank you. Oh, there was one other one. I'll be new voicemails from Lonnie are uh, taking up my inbox. I'll be But there have been some others. We'll, we'll get to them. Uh, I'll find them. But thank you to everybody who's done that. Um, all the stuff is on our store page, superhumanlifestyle.com slash store. And thank you to everyone who voted for us uh, in the Paleo yes. Magazine 2015 Best of Awards. Uh, we'll find out at Paleo Effects that we didn't win. But uh, if we got one vote from one person, then that makes it all worth it. It's, honestly, it really was an honor to be nominated. So yes. whoever had anything to do with that, thank you. We heard from somebody that had that uh, said that they, they brought us up. So thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to win, but it's really cool. Yeah. Um, Jennifer uh, Stuthers, I believe, is, uh, yes, and then William uh, Mons, uh, thank you for your donations. Yes, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you. Like us on Facebook, uh, and uh, just search Simply Human Lifestyle on Facebook and uh, Instagram, Periscope, all that stuff is at uh, Twitter, at SimplyHuman52. Uh, Sean Stevenson uh, is a very well-known podcaster. He is very famous. They've, his show was ranked number one 
uh, at one point. It's, it's usually in the top ten. Uh, so it's just, this is a big deal, uh, and our, our string of famous people that we're having in February, of Molly Galbraith, Katie Bowman, hopefully Rob Wolf, uh, we're trying to get that one uh, nailed down at the beginning of the month. But uh, this is the Celebrity Month. Celebrity Celebration Month. Is, uh, how about that? Uh, so we have not talked to Sean, we're, and we're going to call him in a couple of days. So uh, here's Sean. Let's hope, he, let's hope he answers the phone. Yeah, really. Uh, it may just be like 30 minutes of blank. And then we'll do humans to humans. If we don't get him to pick up the phone and we've already recorded this, then uh, we'll just fill it in with me uh, hitting a garbage bag full of jello with the baseball. Ooh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Sean. We're recording, Rick. Oh. And so here we go. Uh, Sean Stevenson is, joins us today. Uh, he's a best selling author and creator of the Model Health Show, featured as the number one health podcast in the country on iTunes at one time. It's still way up there, I know. Uh, a graduate of the University of Missouri St. Louis, Sean studied business, biology, and kinesiology. Went on to be the founder of Advanced Integrative Health Alliance, a company that provides wellness services for individuals and organizations worldwide. Sean has been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine, Men's Health Magazine, ESPN, Fox News, and many other media outlets. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I actually, uh, I think I, I think it was you on. Uh, I was listening to one podcast that you were on and. Did you have you recommended? Do you recommend the snake plant by the bed? Yeah, yeah, that okay. was me. I so, brought that to the public awareness for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's what is did, that? Yeah, that is the craziest so, thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, I mean, even the name of the plant is a little misleading. It's just a plant. Yeah, all right? it's a green plant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's a really low maintenance plant. But what's so interesting about this particular plant is that it helps to. Uh, shift the air quality in your room, but it does it. It's nocturnal. It's kind of like a, uh, a opposite plan. So it does it a lot of the work at night when you're going to be asleep. It's going to help to produce more oxygen in your room, and break down some of the more toxic elements that are really in all of our indoor air. You know, so it's a great plant to kind of you know just add to your bedroom to create more of a like a sleep sanctuary. So Rick, I went. I heard that uh, it's been it's been several months now, and I went to Garden World. And I asked them, I think it's also called like a, a mother-in-law plant or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can think of a different plant. I would like a Venus flytrap. Yeah. <laughs> well, sna- snake is, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty in line there. So I went and bought one just, you know, like my wife is, you know, very, she's the decorator, you know. So I just bring home this plant and she was like, oh, that's, that's really nice looking plant. Yeah, we can put that. So it's, it's next to my bed. Uh, right. And it has been. You have to water it like once every two weeks. So it's the perfect plant uh, that you don't have to really mess with. But uh, <laughs> all right. So let's let's talk about your background, Sean. I know you have a really interesting story. Uh, so how did you get to where you are today? Wow, man, that is a big <laughs> story. Uh, I'll just give you the, the Cliff Notes version. Um, so for me, I really um, started off in this field kind of on accident. I was an athlete in high school. When I was 15 years old, I kind of had a turn for the worst in my health. And I was a two-sport athlete. And it, I just turned 15 years old. I was already running a five, I'm sorry, a four, five, 40-yard dash. Jeez. And so I'm, we had just went out of football season. And I was training all season for track in the off season. And during track practice, I was doing a time trial with my coach. It was a 200-meter sprint. And while doing the sprint, I broke my hip. All right. So this is just me and my coach. There's nobody hitting me or anything. I just my hip broke. And it's just kind of like that led to a a domino effect of some other problems. Nobody stopped to ask, how did my hip break? Yeah. It's it's kind of like you're running and you're a healthy guy and all of a sudden snap and the whole thing breaks. 
yeah, yeah it like, wasn't it wasn't like it all kind of crumbled to pieces <laughs> it was like the uh my iliac crest so like the tip of my hip bone just kind yes. of broke off and uh, so but either, regardless it's still a kind of a trauma like when your bone breaks you can't really move your body correctly regardless of where it is and so again nobody stopped to ask how did my hip break they just gave me the standard of care right. ultrasound rub some biofreeze on there kind of stay <laughs> off the leg for a few weeks and hey, I got well. I was 15 years old. So, um, but again, nobody stopped to ask, "How did it happen?" Yeah. And fast forward uh, to when I get to the age of 20, and this is after several small inter- inter- injuries that led me from being having all these letters coming in from colleges to no letters. And so, at this point, I'm pretty frustrated. I am in college at the time, but um, not playing sports. And I'm finally diagnosed with something called degenerative bone disease slash degenerative disc disease. So even the uh, disc in between the vertebrae and my back were breaking down. And it's obviously pretty disheartening. I went into the doctor and got this MRI done because I was having all this pain. And he told me, long story short, that there was nothing that I could do about it. And I asked him, and I still remember this to this day, guys, I was sitting there on the kind of, you know, the doctor's bed with the weird kind of papery material that's there like you're a and deli then, sandwich about to be wrapped up right order. <laughs> right i'm like okay so doc speaking of deli sandwiches so I, I asked him does this have anything to do with what i'm eating and he like cocked his head and kind of looked at me like i was crazy it's like this has nothing to do with what you're eating um this is just something that happens we're going to get you some medication and we're going to get you a back brace and i'm sorry son this is something you're going to have to deal with and mm. to this day guys i have no idea how that question came up for me to even ask because I had no idea that it mattered. You know, I don't know. And I kind of think, you know, maybe it was like my spirit animal or something, <laughs> you know, that just kind of got into my body and asked the question. But I don't know, man. But fast forward the story to the kind of brighter side. Uh, after two and a half years, so at this point I'm 22 and a half, I gained 50 pounds, uh, definitely depressed, definitely very, very ill. Um, things weren't looking too good. And this is when I hit that rock bottom moment. And I came to this crossroads of like, either I'm going to keep buying into what my physicians have said. And at this point, I'd seen three other, uh, I'm sorry, four other physicians and got quote, second opinion, but they all said the same thing. I made a decision to get well, you know, which is so important for people out there that a lot of times it's like, I'm going to try this. I'll see. It's kind of wishful thinking instead of saying like, no matter what, this thing is going to get better. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to learn everything that I need to learn. I'm going to do everything that I need to do on my end to ensure that I get better. You know, so that's the kind of decision that I made uh, at this point. And so that led me on this really interesting journey through uh, wellness and nutrition. And when I went to school initially and going in, you know, to it's, it's kind of a, a weird story in of itself, but taking a pre-med track, I didn't have to take nutrition. But I took nutrition my very first semester of college and in the class. So first of all, the teacher, <laughs> so it's like the one of those big auditorium classrooms and his right. belly came in the door first. Like I saw his <laughs> stuff and I'm like, oh, okay, so he's going to tell me how to be healthy, huh? And that was the only class in all of my college career, I guess, that I got to see, you know, yeah. all the rest of my classes I did well. And that's my life today. You know, I was just totally disinterested in nutrition. And actually, I got out of pre-med and went into marketing and business and all that stuff. And so when I started to get my health back together when I was 22 and a half, um, at this point, I dropped, almost dropped out of college. I was taking like three credit hours a semester or something because it was so embarrassing getting around. And I shifted my course of study back to biology. Uh, 
and kinesiology, and it just really transformed my life. Not what I was learning in school, because I want people to know this. But a lot of people are like, well, if I'm going to do what you're doing and I need to go and get a degree, I need to go and do this. I was taught like half of a percent of the things that I know in yeah, college. Yeah. You know, we were really taught in biology. It's more so, it's very external. You know, it's very external to you. The way that we're taught biology, the way that we're taught um, in any of the sciences, really. You know, even talking about genetics, it's it's so external to us. We really don't understand how it applies to our life. So just to kind of wrap the story up, there was three major components that transformed my health. And so I went from 50 pounds overweight chronic pain to pain being 100% gone, regenerating the tissue in my spine, which of course I got a scan done to prove that, and losing 28 pounds just in the first six weeks by changing my nutrition, changing and really employing right movement, and also this huge component, which was rest and recovery, because most of the change that happens with our body happens when we're asleep. So those are three things I changed. If you want to talk about those three things, we can. Yeah. I have a really quick question before we jump into some of the details. So a lot of the, what you're learning, like in you know the school book learning, professor learning and all that stuff is clearly not correct. It's old information from the 60s, yeah. the Ansel Keys garbage and all that stuff. How and you're so a lot of what you're learning is you're having to educate yourself. You're having to find the sources yourself and find the information and test it out. How are you balancing, like, how do I want to phrase this? Like the information in textbooks is not correct, but the world tells us it's correct. The information that you're trying to go out there and find is kind of like, I don't know, underground information, like secret stuff. How are you balancing between the information that like supposedly science has verified between like, how are you making sure that like the information you're getting on your own, the underground info is not just a bunch of garbage about, yeah, I read, you know, my neighbor's ex-boyfriend's mother's husband told me that if I rub this berry all over my head, then I'll lose 50 <laughs> pounds. Like, how are you balancing all this? Are yeah. you testing it out yourself or what are you doing? Yeah. Okay. So that's such a great question and something that a lot of people, again, we we don't really look at this part when learning how to um, work as a high level professional here or even just transforming your own health. So uh, first of all, you know, learning this stuff in school and what I was taught in school was, especially after I really started to learn some of these other things I'll, I'll talk about in just a moment, you just kind of got to get through it. I had to keep my head down and stay focused and just be like, get through this, get done. I know that there's a lot of misinformation here, but I just need to get this degree so I can get out of here and I can help people. you know. And so you got to kind of have that attitude. And so I have lots of medical students who follow my work, lots of physicians. Oh my goodness, so many amazing physicians out there. Um, from chiropractors to uh, osteopaths to MDs, and they're using the information that I've packaged up to help their patients, which is just really remarkable. And so, how I did it was in the in the in the beginning, especially. And this is around you know 2004. I'm sorry, no, this was 2003. And when I really kind of hit my stride, before that, it was a lot of stumbling around like buying into, you know, the cousin Vinny rub the berry on your head thing and just like, <laughs> you know, this thing is supposed to work. Let me try this. There is a lot of human experimentation that kind of has to take place. And I, I tell people this, that you don't truly understand or know a thing until you've done it experientially yourself. Right. So yeah. in good consciousness, I couldn't recommend a lot of stuff, even in my practice today that I have not done, you know? So uh, I really became like a human guinea pig, and I'm no disrespect to the guinea pigs out there. You know. <laughs> we have uh, a lot so of listening on their little guinea pig hole. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what I did was, you know, I just 
I employed a lot of the things that I was learning and it eventually evolved into me learning how to read medical literature and learning how to read studies and filter out the information because a lot of this stuff just wasn't easily accessible online then. Today, it is super easy. It's just you asking the right question. You know, instead of asking like, how do I deal with the pain from chemotherapy? You can Google the same sentence, uh, well, delete that sentence in the same breath. Um, what are what are some natural solutions to reversing cancer? You know, for reversing testicular cancer, or just it's just changing the wording around. You're going to find studies to back up uh, so much of this stuff. Not everything, but so much of this stuff, and strategies, and real people who've done the thing that you're trying to do. And so that's really what it is. It's like you you got to kind of just keep your head down when you're in the school system. It's changing. Yeah, it's changing Slowly right now. It's sure slow, but it's yeah. changing. And get through that if you're going to serve people with a traditional college degree and or, you know, in your personal study, you have to experiment like you got to get in there and do this stuff. You know, if you want to talk about intermittent fasting, you need to do that stuff for six months, you know, then talk, then talk about it. If you're going to talk about um, reversing diabetes, then you need to. and, And this is something you've been dealing with blood sugar issues. You need to solve your own problem first. You know, and then you can be able to tell from experience and then work with other people to do the same thing, replicate it, and then start speaking to a larger audience. Right. Uh, you, you touched on something earlier, and, and there's also, uh, you mentioned this on your website, but, you know, you, you mentioned, like, you changed your nutrition, you got some movement practices, but you mentioned something that you did before all of that, and you said you decided that you were going to fix something. And I yeah. think, and let, so let's talk about a little bit about the psychological yeah. transformation that has to happen, bef- you know, and it's not just like, you know... I want to lose 10 pounds or like I want to be able to take my shirt off and feel good about yeah. myself. Like it's, it's bigger than that. So let's talk about what, what has to happen mentally before you can actually do anything. Man, this is where the real game is going on, you know, and that for everybody listening, you're capable of so much and you know, you are like, there's so much that you can do so much potential, but why are we not doing it? And it's just because of the inner psychology. It's the inner game. It's not the external thing. Getting in shape is not difficult. Like, eat good food, right. move your body, get some sleep, smile. Yeah. You know, like, like on paper, it's, not, it's very easy. Yeah. It's not that complicated. You know, no berries required rubbing <laughs> on your head. It's, you don't have any of that stuff. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Let me put these berries down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just the, the mechanics are simple. What takes the real work is the, is the psychology. And what's difficult about that is. You know, what's said is neurons that fire together, wire together. And you've got so these nerve transmissions, these messages, these memories that are just connect, connected deeply. And you've laid down a lot of myelin, which is kind of this insulation that goes around these nerve pathways that automatically when you think a certain thing, it's a chain of events. When you do a certain thing, it's a chain of events. And it's very difficult to develop new neural patterns. All right. And Breaking the old ones is, I mean, it's not impossible, but it's very, very, very difficult. So you really have to create nerve pathways that are even stronger than the old one. That takes a couple of things. One is an emotional trigger. A very emotional event can transform you forever. And we've all had those happen where instantly something's changed. That's it. Done. Or some traumatic event happens and your whole course of your life is different. You know, a breakup happens or whatever the case may be. And it changes your life forever. The other way to go about that is by laying down more myelin, like I talked about, which is through repetition, right? The whole concept of perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah. And that just takes 
going to work, you know? So the best and what I do in my practice and what I've, what I've tried to instill in people is stacking the conditions in your favor. So I say both, do both. Let's orchestrate an emotional event. Let's dig down and find out the real deep reason why you even care about being able to take your shirt off when you're, you know, out at the beach or whatever it is, you know, or when you're hooking up with whoever you're wanting to hook up with. Why do you want that? Why does it really matter to you? And we might get down to the point where, you know, um, you were talked about badly, you know, when you were a, a child or, you know, your parents said that you weren't good enough or uh, the kids in the neighborhood made fun of you or, you know, some things like that. And it, what it's really about is you being able to feel like you matter and you being feel, being able to feel like you're, you're a value. Or we might get into a place where, hey, I've been healthy my whole life and things are kind of going down the tube right now. And I've got these kids, or I've got grandkids, and they're looking at me, and the rest of my family is not doing well. I need to be the example. I've got to change the course and history of my family, starting with myself. You know, yeah. so we find that emotional trigger. That's number one. But then we also have the rep- repetitive actions that we take alongside that. And that's really where um, my work comes in at, is like giving people the exact solutions. Like, here's 10 different things that you can employ to reverse type 2 diabetes. Here's um, 21 different strategies to transform your sleep quality, you know? And so giving the strategies, but making sure that they're fun, making sure that they're engaging, making sure that it's something that's approachable by the everyday person and not something that's, you know, esoteric or something that is so outside of us or so hard to achieve um, that you just get, you know, you want to kind of take a nap just thinking about it, you know? So that's, that's really what it's about. Stack conditions in your favor. Find that emotional event, that emotional trigger, and then from there, um, get the practices that actually work, that are backed up by sound science that people are doing to great effect. You know, I mean, you can buy in and trust. This is, brings up an important point. I think insanity is awesome. You know, the infomercials, they're crushing it. Yeah. But the reality is we're talking about maybe 5 10% of the people who purchase the program are getting those results. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, I'll tell you, I did uh, before we started doing the Simply Even podcast. It's been a few years ago. I did a couple of rounds of P90X, and I used to be, you know, probably about maybe forty pounds heavier than I am now. I did a couple of rounds of P90X, and I graduated and did a couple of rounds of Insanity. And I'm telling you, it, it was like beating my head against a wall because I'm not looking like these people on the video, and I'm working my tail off. I'm doing it as hard as I can, and I was in pretty good shape. Like I, you know, I was running really, running pretty fast, and. You know, all, all those kind of traditional markers, but I was never look, getting cut up and looking like these people on these videos. And it was mm-hmm. like, it was, <laughs> I don't want to say traumatizing because <laughs> that's really dramatic, but like it hurt, like it hurt my feelings almost. I'm yeah. like, here I am working my tail off and I'm not getting this. What's, what's wrong with me? What's right. different than me? Oh Why am I not goodness. looking like Shanti? Why not looking like these people? I'm doing the work they're doing. Yeah. That- that right there creates a very powerful phenomenon called learned helplessness. It's like, no matter what I do, it doesn't matter. And once yeah. you get in that place, you're going you're gonna to be debilitated, yeah. you know? And so that's why we need environmental feedback, you know, like seeing the, 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 the scale change or the pictures change. And this is why I really encourage people more so than anything for tracking your, your physical metrics, measure your waist yeah. and take photos. All right, yeah. don't just go on like because your abs could look blurry in the evening and you may you know maybe you have 10% body fat and it's just because you had a, a big meal and you had a lot of salt. You know right. what I'm saying? You can't just rely on a temporary peak in the mirror, but 
taking your photo at the same time every week, same time of day, you know, after you, you know, maybe first thing in the morning after you use the bathroom, whatever it is, so you can get that environmental feedback and also not miss something that might be working. But, you know, the reason that you, you know, and you're talking about that as well, that I brought that point up is that that's going to work for the minority of people, you know, the kind of like you said it, banging your head against the wall, going hardcore. And I've got friends who are actually in the insanity uh, programs, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like physically in the DVDs, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They're like superstars to me. I know what all of them look like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so these guys, you know, they're generally they're already fit. I got to tell you. And yeah, they're yeah. going from fit to fitter. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, they're not going from me to fit. They're going from like already looking like a. You know, Brad Pitt from Fight Club, and they're still doing it. So, yeah. Well, and, but, and, and, and then uh, there sorry. are people, though, there are people definitely that get the results, you know, but it's just that it's that mindset that I'm going to make this work no matter what. So, you can yeah. really take any type of strategy and employ that persistence and that attitude. But what I want to get to the point I want to make is that you have to find something that resonates with you, something that feels good to you. Yeah. Because the best workout is the one that you'll actually do. Yeah. And, and like, if you associate pain with something or discomfort, I mean, we are hardwired to avoid pain, right? So if you hate running and and it's just you're just in pain the whole time you're running, like how long do you think that habit is going to last? Right? It's never going to be a habit, right? It's just, it's it's just going to be a behavior that you do that you force yourself to do and that you hate it every second of it. So if, if there's things that you're doing that you hate, like like why would you ever? do that stuff and kind of going back to your the myelination stuff like uh i'm uh i'm speaking at a like a retreat in march up in chico which i will have a link to in the show notes listeners the if there's any uh, spots available the jasa retreat and i'm doing a habit workshop and it's it's talking about you know like the the myelination like when you do things over and over like the, that wiring like physically actually literally gets gets thicker and stronger those those connections and so if you can do something uh you you have to work hard to create that but once you do it it's the, the analogy i like is uh, is pedaling uphill pedaling up a steep hill right at the beginning it's this, it's the hardest to get going and it's uh, if you if you stop doing if you stop pedaling you're going to you're going to revert back really fast but the higher you get up as that hill starts to sort of level off you eventually get to a point where it's not very hard to pedal and then eventually you get to a point where you're going downhill and you're not having to do any work at all uh it it just becomes a habit and uh and so that's i think the the key but getting to that point where you're going to get on that bike and start up that hill is sort of that that psychological change and that that trigger that needs to happen that where you're actually going to do whatever it takes to get to the top of that hill but then once you get up there it takes all the willpower out of the equation which is i think that's the key um i wanted to ask you okay just real quick i'm not sure we just got a few more minutes here but um what you mentioned you changed your nutrition you changed your movement what were what were those nutritional changes and, and movement changes that you made uh, well, number one, I mean, it was pretty easy. I was a college kid, so I was eating like <laughs> pizza. Um, yeah, I mean, pizza breakfast, pizza for lunch. But you know, getting up and getting McDonald's breakfast if I got up in time, and <laughs> a lot of like uh, Chinese takeout, a lot of pizza, a lot of, and and really, I don't know how I even made it that far without you know some major traumatic event happening, which is kind of major. Like my hip broke and. My spine and my bones were degenerating, you know, yeah. it's just kind of like I was dying from the inside out very, very slowly, you know. And so um, it was a pretty simple fix. You know, I just start to eat real food. You know, I start to eat things that actually my body could recognize where they came from. 
I started to study, and this was a kind of a big trigger and a big takeaway for people is I started to ask, like, what is my spine actually made out of? You know, we first thing that hmm. jumps into our mind when we talk about bones is calcium. Yeah. Well, there's like literally like 200 other things that are <laughs> equally as important. All right. So, and it just like all these different things is uh, sulfur bearing amino acids, vitamin C. Like, I had no idea vitamin C matter for creating tissue, you know, and um, all these different things start to present themselves to me, you know, the importance of magnesium. And I realized, like, whoa, I'm not getting any of this stuff in my diet. So, first step again, unconscious, you know, this is unconscious incompetence. When you don't know what you don't know, and then you realize what you don't know, you usually make some missteps. And so I went to the store and bought some Centrum vitamins, right? And I'm like, okay, now I'm taking these vitamins. This should help. Well, no, not really. I need to get those in a bioavailable form. So then I start to seek out what foods I can find these things in. Yeah, And that was a huge catalyst. So I, I stopped eating fast food, which was important, and started to just kind of swap out. And I was shopping at Whole Foods. And it's like, you know, 15 years ago ish. Uh, here in the Midwest, it just opened. And so um, I was, instead of buying a burger from a fast food place, I get grass-fed beef and like a Ezekiel bun or something <laughs> and like a bunch of broccoli instead of fries. You know, so I was just upgrading things. So that was a real big catalyst with the nutrition, with the movement. And this was huge, man, is that I came across a study that was done actually on racehorses. And they found that the the horses, because if they break a bone, you know, that's like a lot of money because the horse is going to, uh, in essence, have to be put down. They so shoot they wanna, it right there on the track. They bring a shotgun out and they shoot it in the face. I think is how <laughs> they do that. Is that do they still do that, Rick? I just, yes, I just they, all the science they they can't even fix a horse's bones. They, they put a, a stick of dynamite in the horse's mouth and run off. I just thought about Mr. Ed, you know, and just Wilbur. You know, he's yeah. like, no, don't do it, please. But yeah. here's the thing: is that what they found was that the horses were able to uh, increase their bone density when they start to supplement the horses with you know, calcium and some other um, nutrients that were deemed to help to, to, to generate more bone density. And only if the horses were walked, okay? If the horses were just stuck in their, in their stall, um, they, their neg- it was a negligible increase in their bone density. So it was the movement plus the supplementation. Right. So right there, I realized like your body needs movement in order to assimilate nutrients, mm-hmm. you know? And that was just the first study that I came across. And there's, you know, of course, more human information then, but that's what I learned back then. And um, so I started to move again. Like, what a concept. All this time for two and a half years, my physicians are telling me, be careful, don't do this, don't do that. And true, they do have kind of a vested interest in their own care for you to be careful. You know, so we're not talking about a, a, a medical suit of some sort, you know, like by them telling me, hey, you need to move around. You know, they were just watching their own back, I guess. But the worst thing you could do when you're, uh, injured is to do nothing, you know? So of course, if there's an acute inflammation for a couple of days, you lay off of it, but then you need to start doing what you can do, you know, because again, your bar, your body requires movement in order to assimilate nutrients and to heal itself. Right. So those were two of the important points. And then the last point was I naturally, when I started to change the way I was eating and moving again, I naturally fell into a normal sleep cycle again. I wasn't staying up till three o'clock in the morning, you know, playing video games, you know, yeah. playing Madden and you know, I got, I was so good at Madden, it was absurd, <laughs> you know? And so I was like playing Madden tournaments to pay my rent, oh you know? My God. So, um, but the bottom line was I started to get to sleep earlier. Number one, I was tired because yeah. I was like, I was pulling all the juice out of the day again. Like I was living my life again. 
And I was waking up early because I was excited about life. I was excited because my vitality was there. I didn't look like a dude who lost weight. I looked like somebody who was radically healthy coming from somebody who looked like, you know, who looked like a ghost, you know? So that was it, man. And sleep is really where your body transforms. You know, this is when you're releasing the vast majority of anabolic hormones, reparative enzymes. Your body really changes even from your exercise, which is a hormetic stressor. It changes while you're asleep. So I started to stack conditions in my favor that I didn't even know until years later, you know, um, about a decade later in clinical practice and seeing the stuff implemented with patients, like when we get their sleep together, I didn't even know that I was doing right, you know, and now here we are with a best-selling book about sleep and, you know, the whole thing has kind of been turned around and people are really starting to understand the power of it all. And, And that's the crazy thing. That's sort of the whole idea behind Simply Human. Like you don't have to know the science behind you know, like what, why certain hormones are reacting to certain things. And then this combination, like if you just start doing things that you're designed to do, things are going to start cascading down this positive uh, slope and you're going to get to a point where you're just healthy. And, uh, and I think, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great example. Now, if you, the science is out there, if you want to know about hormetic stressors and about, you know, anabolic hormones and all that kind of stuff, like that's great, go for it. But like, you don't have to know all that you don't have to know what a calorie is to to not have excess body fat you know that's right. just uh anyway so uh, i want to talk about your book you just mentioned it but real quick what are some of the routines or the habits that you make sure that you do every day i know a lot of like i've, I've heard people ask you know what are your what's your morning routine but sometimes like especially like i've got kids and my mornings are always different but i do have like kind of roots the same things that i do throughout the day every day what are some of your routines Ah, uh, yes, kids, the ultimate curveball, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, that's a really nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have kids as well, yeah. and um, uh, my youngest is four years old, and so, yeah, he can he can throw some stuff into the mix, but really, you know, I get up before <laughs> my kids get up, and my, my first thing that I do is uh, I call it taking an inner bath. So I super hydrate my system because, you know, when you're asleep, your body is doing a tremendous amount of detoxification processes. You know, um, one of them being with uh, the glymphatic system in your brain, which, you know, there's a blood brain barrier. So your brain has its own uh, detoxification system for getting rid of metabolic waste. And we need, there's so much, you know, your cerebral spinal fluid, there's so much extracellular fluid. Your brain is mostly fat and water. And so we need to get that water back to your tissues to help flush out that, the goo, you know, that's built up from these processes. So uh, doing that immediately in the morning, that's one important reason. Practical reason is there's no excuse. Like I, I didn't forget, you know, like during right. your day, you could just be doing stuff and you forget to drink. When you get up in the morning, the, the you know, your, your faucet or whatever you have to drink is right there. And of course, I recommend uh, really getting educated about water. Yes. But um, so that's the first thing I do is I drink about 30 to 32 ounces of water when I first wake up. Uh, from there, uh, I do a little bit of uh, meditation, a.k.a. brain training. Yep. And then I do a little bit of exercise or I might actually, you know, hit the gym for like an official workout. Depends on what day it is. Uh, And of course, I got some stuff here at home as well. But I'm going to at least do five minutes of exercise. And this is for the purpose of actually sleeping better in the evening. And I like to tell people this is that a great night's sleep starts the moment that you wake up in the morning. That's exactly right. right. So by getting exercise. So there was a study done at Appalachian State University and they found that. And what they did, they broke exercise up into three groups. Group A exercised at 7 a.m. B 
exercised at 1 p.m. and Group C exercised at 7 p.m. at night. And they found that the morning exercisers spent up to 75% more time in the most deep rejuvenative anabolic stages of sleep. So right there, if you just get up, and this doesn't mean you have to hit the gym, but do some activity. And, you know, I kind of talk more about how that actually works in the book, in Sleep Smarter. So, but it works. Bottom line, again, you don't have to know how it works. It just works. So yeah. just get some exercise in in the morning. And would you say that if, if, it, if at all possible to do it outside, uh, it would make a difference? That's, that's getting more bang for your buck, for yeah, sure. You know, right. if you can get out and get exposure to sunlight, that early morning sunlight exposure, right. even on an overcast day, helps to basically sync up your circadian timing system with your hormone secretion. Right. So get your cortisol up normal, normalized and up higher in the morning so they can drop down in its normal valley because you know, we have these peaks and valleys with a hormone secretion at night. And yeah. cortisol and melatonin have an inverse relationship. Right. So if cortisol is low in the evening, your melatonin is going to be able to do its thing and you're going to get great sleep. Instead of a lot of people, like, we'll go to sleep, we'll even sleep eight hours, but we're waking up feeling, feeling tired. Right. And this is because chances are there's something off with your melatonin and your cortisol rhythms. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely, that's another thing that you can do. Um, so that's kind of some of my daily practices and how I start my day. Cool. Yeah, the we've all got a sleep drive and a wake drive. And if those two things are out of sync, like you can you can just forget about having energy or, or feeling good or any of your bodily functions working right. Um, so let's talk about the book, Sleep Smarter. Tell people where how they can get it, uh, all that stuff. So when is this going to be airing? Um, this is going up on the 7th, which is Sunday. Okay, so February seventh. Yes. Yes. Okay, got it. So we're then we're in the pre-launch stage. Cool. Then right now, and so that's awesome for everybody because and so just a little bit about about the book. So um, it actually is is so weird that I'm even saying this, but um, I mean it became a phenomenon. Like I had no idea that this would happen with this book. I initially wrote this information out so that I wouldn't have to keep telling people, you know, like one on one context and. So I, I start to kind of script some of this stuff out and share it with my patients. But then over time, you know, when I started my show, uh, I looked at and So my show has been, as you mentioned, ranked number one in the country on iTunes dozens of times. And so I had a really good basis of like looking at my downloads. What were people most interested in? And early on, so maybe we're about 50 episodes in and we're like at 150 now. But 50 episodes in, I saw that the episodes that I did on sleep health were like in the top 10 most downloaded. Yeah. It's like people are interested in this. So let me, I'm going to go ahead and get, put this together and get this out to the world. And I went ahead because I had some really interesting inroads to doing traditional publishing at the time, but I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to deal with anybody. I just put it together and did it myself. Yeah. Hired a, an uh, editor who is edited uh, New York Times bestselling books, uh, h- hired some top designers for the book, did everything just like a major publisher would, but we published ourselves. We sold well over 10,000 copies like that. And it garnered the attention of all these major publishers, which was, I mean, it was mind blowing, man. I had never even been to New York. And now here I am at all these like, just incredibly just rich with history publishing houses. And we had just, I mean, stupid offers from four of the five major publishers in the country. Ultimately, I went with what felt best, which is as soon as I walked in the doors at Rodeo, I knew that that's the team I wanted to work with because they saw the vision that I had, which for me, it wasn't about, it wasn't about making a bunch of money. It was about impact and how many people can we actually touch and help change the way that culture is running? Because sleep is, 
it's first of all, it's not a sexy topic, you know. It's well, like, I mean, sometimes something you do right before sleep can be sexy, but uh, we're not talking about that right now. I talk about that in the book too. It's actually <laughs> Ooh, well proven, you know. And so, um, but the bottom line is, it's not a sexy topic initially right. until you start to hear it the way that it can be presented and creating this uh, new paradigm where this is an indulgence. It's a treat. Yeah. It's something that's going to make every facet of your life better. And so they saw the vision and then we partnered up and um, yeah, so I expanded the book. It's it's twice as much content, just layered with these amazing studies, but told in a way that is fun rather than some dry, you know, like, <laughs> like you got to use like um, KY Jelly to read it or whatever, hey you know, it's not like that. It's really <laughs> colorful and fun and just loaded with different strategies. So there's 21 essential strategies for improving your sleep and with that, so I added in a, a chapter specifically dedicated to how nutrition impacts your sleep quality. And it's just like mind-blowing stuff. Yeah. And so that book is going to be available on March 15th awesome. of this year. So just a few weeks from when this airs. But right now we have the pre-order going and it's sleepsmarterbook.com. And I'm telling you guys, like, go there now. We're, I mean, it's not going to get any better than what it is right now when the book comes out. Yeah. We're giving away like $25 of free food from Thrive Market, which is basically like Whole Foods. Yeah. Oh, man, I've it's done some crazy. shopping from there from Thrive Market, and it's really, really, really awesome stuff. I could not believe that they wanted to give $25 for every person who buys a book. It, I That's just, actually a really, really good deal because I've been looking through their catalog. I got some salad dressing from them, and I was like – Oh my gosh, I can get some of this and some of that. That's a really good deal, 25 bucks. I told, I was, you know, I talked with the CEO and he's an amazing guy. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, are you sure? We're going to, a lot of books are going to get out there. It's like, he's like, absolutely, man. You know, we want to back this mission. And, you know, so that's one thing we're giving away. Cause you know, like some people will sell uh, their new book and they'll give away like 37 PDFs of like garbage, <laughs> like that has nothing to do with what the subject matter is. Like yeah. you're trying to buy a book on, um, healthy eating, and then you get like a PDF on building your internet marketing business. Right. You know, like, come on, man. So we're giving away like real tangible things. So we're giving away uh, supplements. We're giving away, um, uh, we're doing a giveaway for an IntelliBed, which is this Ooh, just yeah. mind-blowing bed, which, you know, I don't want to get into all the details here, but just really cool stuff like that. So you can head over there and check it out, sleepsmarterbook.com. And uh, Simply Human Podcasts own, a couple of times, Jonathan Baylor has given the um, the little, you know, in sleep, he gives a, a recommendation, a referral. So th there you go. Um, and I'll have that in the show notes. Sean Stevenson uh, Model, seanstevensonmodel.com is the website. You can also get to the book. If you go there and go to the store, there's a little link for the book, which will take you to sleepsmarter.com, sleepsmarterbook.com. Uh, and, uh, Sean, we are out of time. I, I still have like four questions, four or five questions that I didn't get to. So hopefully we can, uh, we can have you on at some time in the future to, uh, to keep talking maybe after the book is going and, uh, um, you know, we can talk about how sales are going and if people have questions or whatever, you need to do a, a repromotion or something. We'd love to have you back on the show. Hey, it would be an honor. I, I'd definitely be up for it. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Sean. Uh, we will link to all of his stuff in the show notes. Check his podcast out. Uh, go to his website. It's all great stuff. Uh, it is now time for Humans Being Human. Rob emailed us, uh, and uh, this was really funny. It, we, there was like a delay in the connection, and we, we just could not resist interrupting Rob several times. 
and every time it would happen, uh, we would have to get back on the rails. Uh, so uh, bear with us on that. But it is this is a really funny story. One thing I want to mention: uh, you you reference the the bragging montage uh, periodically, and I have started to go back through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to like uh, okay, so a little bit of background on the when Mark says something. We both listen to a radio station out of Dallas. If you're from the Dallas area, we listen to the Ticket. Uh, it's a sports radio station, but it's kind of more than that. It's kind of more like a kind of a cultural phenomenon here in Dallas the last 20 years. Well, they will do a thing periodically called a bragging montage from someone on their air, but it's never like good brags. It's always like someone will say something in the middle of a story like, I had cereal the other day, yeah. and they'll <laughs> clip that out and add that to the bragging <laughs> montage. And so it's this long montage of just the most ridiculous – I checked the mail the other day. Yeah. I own a car. I have I a brother. With gas. Or yeah. I have a brother. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just these very mundane. And so that's how we got started talking about this. Well, yeah. Mark uh, clipped some of these out, and uh, that's that's what we mean when I say add that to the bragging montage. Yeah. It's just a giant inside joke that probably nobody gets so who listens to the podcast. But that's ha- what we're talking about. I'll probably have it set up. It'll probably only be a minute or two. It won't be like a full humans being human segment. So maybe we can like play it. Uh, at, during like crosstalk or something, yeah, it would be a good like uh, for people to understand what we're talking about. Like, hey, this is what we mean. We talk yeah. because when you put them together, and I've sent it's, you to me, it's universally funny. And when you do a bragging montage full of things that are like, I took out the trash yesterday. Well, and one of like, the ones, just out of context statements. And one of the ones from you was, uh, oh, their basketball, their girls' basketball team was really, really good. And my girlfriend played on that team. Like, it was like <laughs> some like, of them are are slight brags, and some of them are just. <laughs> Uh, I had a sandwich yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So, so, okay. Uh, So that's coming. So keep keep that in mind. And uh, here is Rob and the uh, removal disposal of a corpse story. Hmm. Well, that's cool. That's an amazing coincidence, Mark. There are two human beings in the English-speaking world named Rob. Well, and Rick... Well, uh, actually, actually, my name is Robert, so... We're different guys. Oh well, uh, my William. my oldest son's middle name is Robert. Hmm. This is, <laughs> here's a conversation starter for you. This is really weird. This is so weird. Um, Rick, his <laughs> his Skype picture. He is on a backpacking trail with a technical day pack and a white dog with looks like no ears. Uh, just to explain <laughs> his picture. Oh, maybe his ears are just back. Okay, there. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah. They're they're just pinned back. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, are you Rick, sure it's not a polar bear, Mark? Please don't mention bears. <laughs> I don't know for I saw that movie, by the way. Bear. How was it? Did you like it? Don't worry. It was good. I, I, soon, yeah, I can't wait. I stayed in there the whole time, though. Yeah. So. Did, well, I mean, oh, because you're not. Oh, you stayed in it the whole time because you're not a super giant, huge. Oh, okay. Don't uh, that yeah. out, Mark. Bleeping tool. Um, all, but <laughs> for I mean, for the record, was it? I mean, it was an intense scene. Yes or no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Halfway through the movie, you can lift your arms, and it feels like you just got done doing work. Yes, yes. That's You're just how I, tense yeah. the whole time. Oh, it's crazy. Thank you for, well, I guess you really didn't validate anything. You just, yeah, it was intense, but not that intense. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's intense, <laughs> but I'm a man, and I can handle intensity. <laughs> Shut up! All right, Rick, Rick, do you remember, I, I sort of, uh, I reread the email to kind of familiarize myself with it. Did you do that? I doubt you did. No. Uh, w- typically, what I've started doing now is that when someone sends us an email with, hey, I've got a story and here's the premise, I don't even read the premise anymore right. oh, because okay. I want the telling of the story on the air to be my first hearing of it because I feel like it's a little bit more, yeah. I don't know, organic. That sounds dumb to say it. But like, uh, so I didn't even read the story. Okay, cool. So that'll be good. That'll be good. So set, set this up for us, Rob. All right. So it was back, um, let's see, 
five. No, no, no. About seven years ago, 2009, right? Yeah. And way back right? in 09. Yeah, 09. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My senior year of high school, um, we, it, was a, it was a youth group event, which I've heard you guys talk about youth group stuff before. So <laughs> yes, all I of figured the, it was a common thread. The first time I ever did anything like really bad in my life was always at youth group. <laughs> right, uh, exactly, when I smell, exactly. When I smell cigarettes or gin, I think of uh, <laughs> Boy Scouts. Wait, so, gin, yeah, gin my wife? Oh, God, it's got real Rick, awkward real fast. Rick, sir. Oh, gin like the drink. Okay. Beef eater gin, okay. sir. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, continue. All right. So uh, as I was saying, it was a youth group event. And um, it was this thing to where they send each age group out to a different person's house in the church for the weekend. And it's like a discipleship thing. So uh, I was a senior and I was with three other senior guys and two senior girls in one house. Fox and uh, <laughs> one, one, one of which was the uh, the youth pastor's daughter. So Ooh. that was <laughs> just living on the edge there, Rob. <laughs> talk, e- talk even <laughs> slower. Kind of, yeah, that's my style right there. <laughs> anyways, anyways, so uh, so that sat- that Saturday night, the night before church, is always you know the prank night for the seniors, and so uh, we were trying to figure out what prank to do, and you know we didn't want to do the ordinary like toilet paper or yeah. you know teeping somebody's yard or anything like that well who, so, who are uh, you pranking you're pranking the youth minister or oh you... we just we just prank anybody anybody with the church but this time we uh we set our sights on the children's pastor okay they're, they're so, usually uh, they're usually easy targets right, right they're so naive yeah. <laughs> 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 and so uh and so we went up the children's pastor and um we decided not to do just any ordinary prank so we had heard about this idea of road killing somebody's yard, hmm. which is uh, uh, exactly which like it sounds. Was, yeah. Exactly as it sounds. You go and find roadkill, <laughs> and you dump it in somebody's yard. Let and me so, ask you very uh, quickly: What kind of setting yeah. are we talking about? Because like I couldn't just walk out into the street and find like a, a dead badger or anything like that. Like are we uh, talking we're, like there's dead roadkill everywhere? Or? We're talking uh, Middle Tennessee. Okay. Uh, Let's see, early February, late January. So hmm. probably uh, lots of, uh, yeah, lots of animals. Yeah, so we've got, we've got deer, we got possums, we got, you know, people are hitting things all the time. Awesome. And raccoons. No, possum, uh, Rick, possum, not awesome. What <laughs> <laughs> <Kind> of idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so anyway, we, um, we take off, we got two trucks out, and, you know, one of us, you know, goes one way, the other guy goes the other way. And so I was in the truck with uh, the two girls, which I thought was a great idea at the time. But uh, but as it as it turns out, I pull up, and in the ditch I find two half, I don't want to say half-eaten, decomposed deer carcasses. Mm. <laughs> and, well, this uh, is a find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, especially when you just expect, like, roadkill, like, you know, possums or raccoons or something like that. But uh, but I find these two things, and I go to load them load them up into the truck, and uh, which the girls were completely terrified and grossed out. So I had to do this all by myself, and this is like two a.m. Middle of night. I would figure your standard kind of Tennessee setting. girl would be like, "Yeah, let me grab a leg here." Yeah, like I figured that would be uh, that. That was my assumption too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. It's making making it out of you and me, I guess. When I assume that, okay. <laughs> do I have to bleep that? I think I do. No, it's a donkey. You're fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's in the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see? Died as 
for a tree. It's my favorite, uh, oh my, my third gosh. favorite scripture. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I get all, all loaded up and we get out to the guy's house and, you know, we, we place one right by his mailbox. Um, so of course, he, hopefully he would see it. <laughs> And then we we place another one uh, right in the middle of the yard. <laughs> like we placed the other one in his kid's bed. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say this is feeling very Godfather Part One yeah. here. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, the other guys all they could find were a couple of possums and some moldy pumpkins, so they just tossed those wherever. And uh, then we decided to kind of silly string and put car paint on his car. That way, you know, we can make it a little bit more personal. And also, we were going to try to get the trail off of our, off of us, and so what was we were supposed to put class of 2012, which would have been the freshman class at that time. Oh, okay. But uh, but then you know that that comes comes around again later in the story. So we get to church next morning. You know we're we're kind of still pumped about our uh, our late night prank, and we noticed. Which let me tell you, on the outside looking in. Sounds yeah. like a pretty decent, pretty decent little prank here. Like uh, I'm not gonna yeah. lie, like uh, better than the standard TPing, but like you didn't like kill anybody or burn a house down. So like I feel, right. you know, I feel like you're in the zone of like this is a good deal. So continue. Yeah. Exactly. So so we were feeling the same way. We th- we thought we were all right. We thought it was pretty clear. But then we get th- we get to church, and the children's pastor isn't there. And you know, there's a pretty big church. Uh, it's pretty big for him to miss on a Sunday and so you're um, not thinking you're not thinking oh maybe he's sick or something you're like uh, uh this might be no. prank related <laughs> this is this is immediately this is probably our fault oh no and, <laughs> and so then uh so he's he's not there and, and of course there's this awkward moment where uh where every every Sunday morning they have the children's corner thing to where he goes up front and he talks to the kids but of course he's not there <gasps> he so saw- all the pastors had to scramble that morning oh, no. to figure out who was going to do this and so uh, I think one of the associate pastors like just kind of begrudgingly did that, and it was kind of awkward. Hey kids, let's talk about fire and brimstone, <laughs> eh? <laughs> right. But uh, but of course, so so after service, we're kind of on our toes, knowing he's not there, wondering what's going on. And as I'm about to walk out to my truck, I see a bunch of old men, you know, kind of circling around the youth parking lot. Dog's Lord. And uh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. God, you're so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do what? I, I apologize on behalf of the Simply Human Podcast, Rob. Uh, uh, Mark's stupid comment. Continue your story. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyways, they're they're circling around the trucks, and uh, and I see them all stopped in mine. So of course I'm not going out there. I just walk back in church. I kind of wait there for about you know 10, 15 minutes. Let the, let them move on, and uh, and so I walk out there, and they're and they're all gone. But there's a little business card stuck inside my um, inside my wipers, and it says "Call me." And I oh flip boy. it over, and it's the children's pastor's number. Oh no! And so uh, <laughs> and so I spent about I spent about half an hour to to an hour just freaking out. It's on my truck. I didn't know what to do. I didn't. I didn't know what was going on, and uh, and so then I finally call him, and when he answers, he he had a few choice words for me. Mm. Um, mm. You know, as as angry as a youth pastor can get, but 
not as angry to where uh like, flipping flopping flavin'. <laughs> right right <laughs> but uh but anyway he he tells me that he wasn't the one that first saw the deer out there but it was his neighbor who had saw the deer called the cops Ooh. and um and so instead of going to church that morning he was dealing with the police oh, no. officer that was on the scene <laughs> who was uh who he was talking to to try to see if he was going to press charges or not hold on rick and this is rick's cop corner is that i mean that's, right. is that a viable can you do I don't that know, i was literally just thinking i was like uh, i work in a pretty urban setting uh I don't think I've we have we don't have deer and stuff here, but I think if someone called the police here and was like, "Yes, I'd like to report a dead deer in my yard," I'd be like, "I think I've actually said this before. I'm not the animal police lady. Go get your own shovel." <laughs> so yeah, I would spend about 15 seconds shining this person on and, and moving on. But I don't know, maybe you know different uh, community standards. I yeah, suppose. Okay, Go ahead, sorry. continue. Okay, well, we'll see. That was going to be my question. Was uh, what I was told was he had the option to press charges against me and the charge would have been improper disposal of a corpse. A corpse? Okay. A corpse. Let me say this. Let me peel the curtain back just a little bit here, Rob. Especially right. when we're dealing with like uh, teenage hooligans and <laughs> such, we will often lie to them like pretty profusely to kind of scare them into being straight. No, you're, you're going to prison. I'm going to do a little digging because I don't think that's illegal. Hold I don't on. think so, throwing a dead, rotting deer carcass into someone's yard is a crime. I mean, it might be like something along the lines of we call it in Texas criminal mischief or like vandalism in other states, but not improper disposal of a corpse. Well, Rick, Rick, one of the things he's done before to like kind of trick kids is like he'll point his gun, <laughs> he'll point his unloaded gun at them and say, you better run. And he'll start like <laughs> clicking the gun. Dance, Rummy! Pow, pow! <laughs> he'll put blanks. He'll put blanks in his gun and just start shooting at kids. Oh, that would be terrible. I'm sure that works well, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so what? Like, so what ended up happening? Like, did he? Did he? Pre are you calling us from prison? Yeah. Yeah. I've been in I used my one collect phone call this week. My one prank. You are receiving a call from the Tennessee Correctional <laughs> Institute. <laughs> Press one to accept the collect call. Hey, welcome to the Seventy Years Podcast, everyone. This is Rob. Don't drop the soap. So yeah, <laughs> hey oh. So I'm assuming he didn't press charges. Right, right. He didn't press charges. Uh, he did make us go pick it up. Well, yeah. But reasonable. Yeah. But what I what I asked was, you know, how he knew it was us, and um, very good point. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I thought I thought we were pretty clear. We had written, you know, 2012 on the uh, on the guy's house, but then, the, but then house, signed the car. all your names. <laughs> <laughs> well, what had happened was, um, which I didn't know this because I wasn't in charge of the car painting. One of my accomplices had uh, had actually written class 2009, which is our class. <laughs> Instead of erasing it, he just scribbled it out, <laughs> and so clear as day on the inside of the van. You could see class 2009, Suit X out, 2012. <laughs> <laughs> so you're some real criminal masterminds yeah. here. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and of course, and of course, I was too nearsighted to uh, not wash all the deer blood and hair out of the back of my truck mm -hmm. to where the old men found it, and that's how I got caught. Well, I hope you learned your lesson, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> that teenage shenanigans. Only lead to you having funny stories to tell ten years later 
And so it's all totally worth it. Yeah. That's the lesson that I would take off of that. So, oh man, that is that. I not to like interrupt the end of your story. Is that was that? That's the end, right? There's not any sort of crazy twist. Oh no, that there's no crazy twist. Okay. That, then that the youth pastor idea. came to your house and burned it down, <laughs> <laughs> and he's in the street with a can of gasoline and some matches, going, "Gotcha, fellas!" Hadley <laughs> <laughs> ho, um, Rick. Have you? Did you ever partake in? And that kind of other than like toilet papering, because that's pretty. You know, I only innocuous. toilet papered one house growing up. As me and my brother, we went and toilet papered a friend of mine. Uh, he had a crush on this girl, and it was just very. We were like in fifth grade. I was in fifth grade, so it was very fifth grade type stuff. So we snuck out in the middle of the night, and uh, I say middle of the night. It was like twelve thirty, and toilet papered this girl's house. And we came back, and my parents were awake. Somehow they figured out we left i have no idea yeah but uh i mean i was never involved in any kind of crazy shenanigans like that other than the time i crapped in that guy's room in, in college right. but well, that was <laughs> yeah well you know when i was uh, a sophomore in high school i was the youngest in my class so all my friends could drive but i couldn't drive and i only did this one time and i was very uncomfortable the whole time but right around halloween bunch of 16 year olds you know like driving around in like a caravan of like five cars Stealing pumpkins out of front yards and smashing them into mailboxes, which is highly illegal, right? Yeah, yeah that is you're actually damaging people's right, property. Right, that, and, and I mean, and I was costing them money. I didn't do, it. I didn't throw any pumpkins. I didn't steal. I was just like sitting terrified, like in the back seat of like a, a jeep <laughs> while this was going on, thinking I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in so much trouble. But that they sounds never, very Mark. Oh, and we and we went and bought eggs. And they bought eggs <laughs> and oh, like oh, throwing well, eggs at cars. Like, oh, but. I feel like I'm uh, interviewing the uh, <laughs> the kid on making a murderer over here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll just say yeah about twelve times. Yeah, yeah. when's uh, <laughs> WrestleMania? Um, okay, all right, Rob. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for uh, being on. This has been a pleasure. I uh, appreciate it. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Rob. That was excellent. And I told you there was another Rob on the planet. I believe, because mm. I called him Rob, and he responded immediately, so I think that really was his real name. Okay. I don't think he was making that up. As you had uh, charged him with. Hmm. <laughs> it, is now- <laughs> it is now time for the Silly Tip of the Week, something you can start doing today to become a healthy human. And this is, uh, I'm giving a, uh, at the JASA retreat, which I'll link to that in the show notes. I, uh, there may not even be any spots available yet, but yeah, it is. I was going to say, they probably sold out. But. Uh, but I'll link to it anyway, in case somebody, you know, dies or something and the spot opens up. Yes, uh, in case someone <laughs> dies, you can have their spot. And you can get it at a discount, because, hey, it's a dead guy's spot at JASA retreat. He's not so. going to refund the money, so you could just come for free. Uh, <laughs> So or she, sorry, don't mean to. Uh, could anybody could die? Anyone, it's not any really gender, gender specific. Any gender could die. Um, and so I am preparing for that talk, and I'm, I'm doing a habit workshop. And uh, one of the things that I am uh, doing some research on is what's called like the mini or the small habit, right? And so like Stephen Guys wrote a book called Mini Habits, and the, and and this is it's not just him. There are there's other research and there's other uh, studies showing that this is very effective. And it, it it used to be something that I was, if you had asked me like, hey, should I do this? I would have said, no, no, don't do that. That's dumb. Like that's not going to do anything. Well, I've completely reversed my and I've said this a few times on the show too, as far as taking baby steps. And and guys' story is that uh, you know he would try to start 
a workout plan. You know, he was, I'm going to work out for 30 minutes. Well, he would like get to like, okay, it's time to, this is where I'm supposed to work out 30 minutes. God, it's a long time. I'm going to have to change and I'm going to have to shower afterwards. It's kind of this big mountain of a task in front of me that he's never had to do before. So he would just end up not doing it. So he start he he started or he had this idea like okay what if I just my goal is to do one push up like one like I could that's not like an insurmountable goal so I, that so that was his goal so if he let's say he didn't have time that day and he's right before he he goes to bed he just rolls out of bed and he does one push up and he, then his brain is like oh yay success we, we met our goal right. But most of the time, he would get down in push-up position, do one push-up. Well, what what would you probably do if you're if you get down and do one push-up? I would probably just do a few. I'm already on the yeah, ground. Yeah, you he, you do ten or twenty, or you would you know then then he then he would do his whole thirty minute workout because he gets through doing push-ups and it's been ten minutes and he's like, well, I guess I might as well go ahead and do such and such. And so, but you, and the idea of smaller mini habits, it's not just like that's his example of like doing one push-up. I am doing, I'm having trouble being consistent with my meditation. So I'm doing one minute. That's my goal. Right. So if I sit down and I, I, I maybe only have like this week, I've maybe only had time to do one minute. Well, I'll get it done and I check it off. I've got my day crossed off. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to get a long streak going. But most of the time, I'll sit down, I'll do a minute, and I'll, I'll, I can do another five minutes, or I can do another nine minutes, or ten minutes, you know. And so, so the 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 tip of the week is going to be pick something, a habit that you've had trouble uh, getting going, and and make it like so easy that you don't even have to use any willpower to to do it. Like I'm going to floss one tooth. Yeah, no, that, that's that's one of the examples. Like like floss the middle uh, top part of your teeth. That's it. And sometimes that's 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 literally all you're going to do. But probably you're gonna, you know. Well, I'm already here. I've already got the floss. I might as well do the ones on the either side, you know. And so flossing, flossing one tooth. Uh, I mean, what are some other putting one dish away? I, I don't know. Whatever it is, uh, Jen just Jen's in here. She looked at me like, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you I saw your put, Ready Pot video. You need yeah. to discipline control with <laughs> yeah. your dishes. Hey, that, those are our clean dishes on the drying rack. Excuse Maybe you me. You should dry them and put them away. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Um, so that, that's tip of the week. So what? What? Uh, yeah. So floss one teeth. One tooth is what you're gonna do. I'm doing the meditation one minute. Uh, one thing that like I had a lot of success in is three times a week. I'm trying to do pull up work like you talked yeah. about in a in a, a article you wrote on Sarah Fergosa's website on Everyday Paleo. Like uh, you, the eccentric pulls yes. are like you know you lowering yourself is a way to very slowly is a way to build up pull up strength. Well, I've been trying to do those three times a week. And increase every couple of weeks or so, and uh, I haven't been having trouble doing it. I managed to do it every single Monday, Wednesday, Friday of January. Awesome. But like, like last night, I was like, oh, I don't want to do them. So maybe I'll do that. I'll, my goal is to do one, one, one of them. Yeah, because when I'm up there doing one of them, I might as well do yeah. five or six or seven of them. And and the idea there, it's like your your brain is is this very it's a very smart thing, but it can also it can be I don't want to say tricks, but like like the example that I thought of was. If you just are going to go out and say, I'm going to run 26 miles right now, like that, that's almost, that, I mean, not almost, that is, unless you're like a marathon runner or if you've been training for it, that's just too, that's too big of a, of a thing to do. But if like when I was doing the Ironman, when I got to the marathon, I had already been exercising for eight hours. So my brain was like, oh, I only have to run, I only, I'm almost done. I only yeah. have four more hours to go. That's, yeah, I was, I was actually thinking about that the other day. Like when I was running a marathon, when it started, it was like, Oh, here we go. Like in an Iron Man, you're like, oh, I'm almost done. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so your brain will do that. So when you get to, uh, you know, doing that one pull up, you're like, oh, I might as well do two more. I've already, you know, so it's just that that's the concept there. And I think it's a, I think it's a sound concept. And, and once I give that talk in March, I will, uh, I may write a little article kind of summarizing because I've got some really cool stuff that I've, uh, that I've been researching that I think, uh, uh, our, in your, our in your laboratory with your white coat and your Bunsen burner. Yes. Uh, doing some research. Yeah. Let me get this yeah. Petri dish on a microscope. Bacteria. It's <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the only science word I can think of. <laughs> Bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, excited to announce coming up next time on the Simply Human podcast, Katie Bowman returns. She has. A new podcast, Katie Says with Katie Bowman, and it is really good. Uh, I've listened to a couple of them. Um, actually, the one that she put uh, released on uh, like the middle of January was about cardio. And uh, if for anybody that has these, well, what about heart health? And I need to do for my heart. If you have any questions like that, we may even talk about it on the show. But uh, the, what I know I'm going to talk to Katie about is this idea that why do we need to walk if we have segways and cars and things that will walk for us? Why do we need to lift weights if we have machines that will lift heavy things for us why you know why do we need to know how to navigate we have phones and just kind of this uh the idea that you know why why is that important i think it's a valid question and so we're going to talk about that with katie uh next week so cool. and then molly galbraith is she's gonna... always super thought provoking yes for me. Yeah. yeah i love her stuff that's why i like her her book katie's uh uh move your dna is on kindle and it's on uh audible it's an incredible book uh, so anything that she does is amazing. Uh, I, I went through her 52-week uh, restorative oh, right. e- e- movement, um, the class or course, whatever you call it, and just learn a ton of stuff through that. Uh, so, so check all that stuff out. But we'll have Katie on next week. Molly Galbraith, hopefully Rob Wolf at the end of the month. Uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, go to the uh, Twitter, YouTube, Periscope, Instagram. All that is at SimplyHuman52. Uh, and leave us a uh, review on iTunes. Yes, uh, we really appreciate it. Not just you. a rating. Leave us a review. All yeah, give us, give us words. Call us at 530-42-HUMAN. Uh, and uh, there's also the Donate Now button on the show notes and on the store page. So we appreciate everybody uh, yes. that supports the show. And that's it. Thank that you for listening to this edition of the Simply Podcast. And remember, I was born to love you. I was born to lick your face. I was born to rub you, but you were born to rub me first. So until next time, enjoy yourself.